Senior pastor and preacher of the day, Reverend David Hoffman, we are pleased to welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ. Invite you to take your bulletin now, and if you'll open, if you're in-house, and find your connection card. If you're worshiping with us online, our online host has just put up a link. If you go to that link, it helps us to know who is here with us today. If you just go ahead and fill that out, on the back there's an opportunity for you to sign up for some of the activities that are happening here. And of course, there's the opportunity for you to include your prayer request. We're glad that each of you is with us today, and we're glad to welcome you in the name of Christ. Um, it, is, it is good to see everybody, and, and, and David, I'm going to take a little personal privilege because I can, and he probably is not going to make me leave, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to tell you that Bob Kessler, uh, who's at Sunrise, just wanted to say thank you for all the cards and the prayers, and he just wanted to say hi to you. And, and, and I'm gonna, we're going to send that word back and that greeting. Uh, he, you know, Bob, Bob and Suzanne, you always were here. And I believe they're actually going to be able to be together in a room before too long. So uh, on, on behalf of Bob Kessler, just want to say good morning and welcome. And he's glad to say hi to you. We have some information that you might enjoy and, and, and benefit from. On June the 5th is a prison information meeting. It's a luncheon at 1230. It'll be in the cafe. They're going to talk about Bill Glass's Behind the Walls, but also the other ways that we're involved in prison ministry. That is an important um, ministry here at Stony Brook, and there are lots of ways to get involved. And coming to this, this luncheon doesn't commit you, but it gives you an opportunity to learn to see if there may be some more ways or some other ways that you could get involved in reaching out to those whose needs are great because they're, they're incarcerated. Summer Lunch Club is coming up. We get to serve June 27th through July 1st. Just wanted to check the house to see how many have participated in the Summer Lunch Club over the years. We've got lots of folks here. If you look around, if you've not done that, look and see who has helped. And it's, it's a great way for us very practically to help the children in our community. Our hearts are heavy this week because of the situation, the things that have been happening around the country, but we can make a difference in the kids' lives here by being a part of Summer Lunch Club. There are a variety of things you could do. You could do help with prep. You could actually go into the schools and help serve, be with the kids. You can help with the cleanup. If you have interest in doing that, you can simply, on your connection card, make a little check mark. Someone will get in touch with you, and you can learn about how you can help uh, with our summer lunch program June 27th through July 1st. Kristen Frederick is here with us this morning. She's our director of children's ministries. She has another opportunity for you today. Kristen? Good morning, church. Good morning. graduations and weddings and reunions and all those sorts of things, well, we get to look forward to making waves this summer. That is our theme, to make waves. It's about um, uh, making disciples um, for the transformation of the world. We're going to change the world this summer with Stony Brook Kids, and we need your help, okay? We have... Through June 20th through June 24th, 
from 6 to 8 p.m., we will be having our Vacation Bible School. We need adults to make an investment in our kids this summer. If you would be willing to help with preparation for VBS in the weeks leading up to our week, June 20th through the 24th, or if you would be willing to serve during the week in a capacity of an, a caring adult leader um, with music, story time, crafts, snacks, or making sure that our kids get to their various activities, I would very much appreciate it. On your Connect card today, there is an opportunity for you to put your name down and check, yes, I'm available to serve in some capacity, and I will give you a call this week and we can talk about that. Even if you're not available all five days, if you'd like to help with preparation before, or maybe you can help a couple days during the week, we can make accommodations for that. I just ask that you prayerfully consider um, being part of our week. Um, and um, would you join me in prayer as we pray one of the prayers that um, we will be praying during VBS? Dear God, use me to make waves in the world around me. Help me make this world a better place. Please help me to do good for others so that we can see you. I love you, God, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Kristen, and thanks for giving us the opportunity to help uh, with the ministry to our children. I invite you to just calm your hearts and make this your prayer as Deb Chotkabees plays for us, Let There Be Peace on Earth.
Will you stand for our call to worship? Jesus prayed for his disciples, giving them into God's eternal care. Jesus prays for us, giving us into God's care. Know that you have been blessed with the love of the Savior. We live in that love and seek to serve God. Open your hearts and spirits now to hear God's word. May our lives be open to God's spirit and reflect God's love. O Church of God United, let us sing. Let us join together for a time of prayer. Almighty and eternal God, your glory defies our explanations, yet defines our reality. Your love transcends our understanding, yet transforms our very existence. Your power incites our fear, yet inspires our faith. Our Lord's call for oneness seems so logical 
yet we chafe under the weight of cooperation. You are the holy God of time and eternity, our creator and sustainer. We praise your holy name. And no matter in what direction we look, whether up or down or around or within, the evidence of your handiwork confronts us. And no matter what we behold, whether the spacious heavens above, the, the good earth beneath us, the teeming creatures around us, or the aspiring person within us, your glory overwhelms us. We cannot contemplate anything you have made without standing in awe of you, its maker. You are indeed a great and wise God. But we adore you for something greater than your glory and wiser than your wisdom. Above all, we adore you for the love that will not let us go. The love that has pursued us from the time we began to turn a, a wilderness into civilization until we started turning civilization back into wilderness. It is the love that tells us that no matter how badly we deface your image, we can never destroy it. It is the love that assures us that just as the Spirit of Christ moved in the church of yesterday, it still moves in the church today. And yet we must confess, O oh Lord, that our actions so often suggest to our neighbors the absence of Christ rather than his presence with us. While applauding Christ's call for peacemaking, we excuse our preference for troublemaking. While praising his outcries against oppressors, we withhold our support for the oppressed. While admiring Christ's union of belief and behavior, we overlook our own tendency to separate them. And while hailing his demand for compassion, we press our demand for retribution. And while commending his call to unity, we defend our rights as individuals. Oh God, forgive us for all the ways we contribute to the world's sense of, of Christ's absence. Pour out your spirit upon us that Christ's presence might again be felt moving among us, making us whole, making us one. Take from us any hesitation to engage with the poor for those of the first to whom Christ brought the good news. Take from us our insensitivity to the brokenhearted, for those are the first to whom Christ brought healing. Take from us our unconcern for the captive, for those are the first to whom Christ brought liberty. Take from us our disdain for the sorrowful, for those are the first to whom Christ brought comfort. This day, O oh Lord, we are aware of the fragile security that we so rely on. Everyone should be able to go to the grocery store or, or send children to school unafraid of a madman's bullets. But that is not our reality. Ten of our black brothers and sisters were gunned down last week while shopping in Buffalo, New York. And a few days ago, 19 precious Latino children and two of their teachers were murdered in their classrooms in Uvalde, Texas. Our hearts are broken, O Lord. Hear our prayer. And O Lord, stiffen our resolve to advocate and to act so these senseless mass shootings will stop. O Lord, come among us as in creation 
to stamp your image on all your creatures. Come among us as in Christ to offer your love to your creatures gone wrong. Come among us to breathe your blessing on all your children, united in fellowship that we might be encouraged by one another's faith. And on this Memorial Day weekend, as our hearts are drawn to the shared memory of those who have given their lives protecting and defending the liberties and the freedoms we hold dear, bless each family who gave a loved one defending this great land. And give to us a singular resolve to remember the sacrifices of so many, especially those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. Today we ask your Holy Spirit to fall mightily upon Pastor David as he breaks for us the bread of life through the proclamation of your word. And help us to respond to Jesus' prayer for his disciples and for us and all we influence for Christ so that the unity of spirit Jesus proclaimed can become a reality as we choose to love one another as you have loved us, so that your will may be manifest in us and we will dwell secure in you. We pray these and all of our prayers in the strong name of Jesus Christ our Lord. And following his instruction, we call you Father and pray with one voice. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Melanie Ryan sings for us now, Freely, Freely. I invite you to sing along with the refrain. The words are in the bulletin. God forgave my sin in Jesus' name. I've been
Thank you, Melanie. Our scripture lesson today comes from the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John, verses 20 through 26. I invite us to hear as Jesus prays. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Friends, this is the word of God for all God's children. Thanks be to God. Let us sing together. pray. Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this morning. Amen. As Jesus was saying goodbye to his disciples, he just wanted his disciples to get along and treat others with respect. This was his prayer. This was his last request. 
And friends, Jesus' prayer for us has not changed. A young man was walking through a store to pick up a few items when he noticed an older woman following him. And thinking nothing of it, he ignored her and continued on. And finally, when he went to the checkout line, she got in front of him. Pardon me, Sonny, she said. I'm sorry if my staring at you made you feel uncomfortable. It's just that you look like my son, whom I haven't seen in a very long time. That's a shame, replied the young man. Is there anything that I can do for you? Yes, she said. As I am leaving, can you say goodbye, mother? It would make me feel so much better. Sure, answered the young man. And as the older woman was leaving the store, he called out, Goodbye, mother. She turned and waved and blew him a kiss. As he stepped up to the checkout counter to finish checking out, he saw that his total was $127.50. How can that be, he asked. I only purchased a few things. Your mother said that you would pay for hers. <laughs> Friends, this is not the kind of respect and unity that Jesus was talking about. It's not a bait and switch. But we all do what Jesus was doing in this morning's text. Jesus was saying goodbye. Bishop Will Willimon explains in a sermon, goodbye and parting, departure, leave-taking is never, ever easy. Life is a long series of, of leave-takings, movement from presence to absence. Life is a string of farewells. We say goodbye to our infancy when we set off to school. As, as so many have graduated from high school and college over these past weekends, they, they will say goodbye to one journey as they begin another. The summer wedding season has even also started, and many parents and families will have children to say goodbye to their home as they set out to create another one. And as recent events have unfolded here in our country and across the world, we once again say goodbye to our innocence and the security that we so often have taken for granted. God help us. And friends, if, if your hearts, if your hearts are heartbroken, if you're broken this morning, if your hearts are broken open, it is my prayer that God's love and grace and acceptance might seep through those cracks of your broken heart and make a difference in this world. Saying goodbye as Jesus does this day, we do it all the time. We say farewell and Godspeed to our neighbors who are moving to retirees and, and re-retirees, <laughs> to our coworkers. Nothing ever stays the same. We find ourselves saying goodbye to, almost always to something or to somebody in our lives. 
Winnie the Pooh once told his friends, how lucky I am to have something in my life that makes saying goodbye so hard. Friends, it's never, ever easy. As this is true of our life's journey, it's also true of our faith. Our our faith is riddled with accounts of saying goodbye and moving to new adventures and differing realities. We are called to say goodbye to our former and, and previous ways and hello to a new and transformed life. We are called to say goodbye to death as we move into life. This morning's gospel lesson is ultimately about saying goodbye. Next Sunday, 50 days will have come and gone since Easter. Today we find the risen Christ is now ready to ascend into heaven. And this morning's gospel lesson reminds us of Jesus' last words to his disciples, words spoken in a prayer to God a prayer for his disciples. My prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message that they all, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you and are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. My prayer is not for them alone. What an intriguing and and thought-provoking prayer. This is a different reality for the disciples and for us. It, It gives us a renewed sense of responsibility, not only for our own lives, but for the lives of those all around us. You see, contrary to what the disciples or we would like to hear, Jesus does not pray solely for them or for us. He also prays for others, the ones with whom we are are to love and to care for, to share Christ's message, that we might be one, unified together. Now, this raises all sorts of questions Jesus' prayer challenges our focus. And according to Jesus' prayer, we need to say goodbye to the misconception that it's all about us. That the end of our faith, the reason for our believing in Christ, is not solely that we may gain personal salvation and a place reserved for us in heaven. Doing it all by or for ourselves or to benefit ourselves is not really the gospel message, nor is it for what Jesus is praying for. It's not even the good news that Jesus proclaims throughout his ministry. You see, the very heart of the gospel, the end of our faith, is not salvation at the end of life, but rather salvation in the midst of life. We just prayed for that. God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. You see, the consummation of our faith is not merely to be about our personal salvation, but unity with one another in Christ. And through our unity in Christ, fellowship and unity with God. 
if we could only remember that. In our work together, we are to remember that we are the one body of Christ. Now, we say a lot about the unity of the church, but do we really mean it? We are still United Methodists, and too easily we let our differences divide us. We forget that that each one of us is created in the image of God. One side says this, and the other side says that, and, and vice versa. The rhetoric encourages us to take sides. We set the stage so that one group has to be right and the other group has to be wrong instead of finding a common way together. We make others out to be so unlike us and we set others up to be scapegoats for our fear and our guilt, our anger, and the ways that we too have fallen short. As God's people, we should always, always seek unity with our brothers and sisters in Christ. But friends, organizational and confessional unity were not the kinds of unity Jesus was praying for. They are not the kinds of unity that that both the church and the world need right now. In my mind's eye, I imagine Jesus rolling his eyes and shaking his head at us. This is not the kind of unity that Jesus said bears witness to the love of God. Jesus was not praying that we should all agree with one another on every social issue. Jesus was praying that we would love and serve one another and discover that our similarities are much stronger than our differences, which we allow to divide us. You see, the fulfillment of our Christian mission is never an unscathed escape from the earth's boundaries but that we too might become a gift of grace for the sake of the world as Jesus was, so that we may be witnesses to God's love at work in the world, here in this community, and beyond. Friends, that we working together might might help change and challenge the world. This is what Jesus was praying for in his high priestly prayer. Now, I know that working together is never easy. We find it so hard to say goodbye to our own personal agendas and our checklists, our own ways of seeing things done. Saying goodbye to the notion that it's not just about us is never easy. But listen to this. It's never been our job to create unity. It's never been our job to create unity, only to maintain the unity that God intended in the first place. You see, after Jesus' prayer, he prays for those who would believe because of the message of the disciples. He prays for us. He prays for the church And again, that one request that stands out, because it's repeated three times, 
not once, not twice, but three times in his prayer that his followers might be united as one. In a Peanuts cartoon, Lucy demands that Linus change the TV channels. You used to have to get up and change the channel. Everyone remember that? There's some hands, I'm sorry, that don't go up. But you used to have to get up and change the channel. There were no remote controls. If you have any questions about that, see me later. But in in a Peanuts cartoon, Lucy demands that Linus change the TV channels and then threatens him with her fist if he doesn't. What makes you think that you can walk right in here and take over? Asks Linus. These five fingers, says Lucy. (laughs) Individually, they're nothing, but when I curl them together into this single unit, they form a weapon that is terrible to behold. Which channel do you want, asks Linus. (laughs) And turning away, Linus looks at his own fingers and says, why can't you guys get organized like that? (laughs) Why can't we get organized like that? Friends, if, if it's not obvious by watching the news, what God is calling us to, why aren't we paying attention? Why can't we get organized like that? What a powerful force of love and and grace and healing and acceptance that we could bring to this world. Love and grace and acceptance and healing that the world so desperately needs. Why can't we get organized like that? We too have many things that can work for the glory of God if we let them. But those same things can become destructive For example, our energy, our energy can be focused on our own agenda, on our own sense of what is right or should be done. Or we can focus our energy, our time, even our attitudes upon what God wants from us. Or what about our our very words, the words that come from our mouth? Our words can be so inviting, so welcoming. Or they can create such pain and heartache in the lives of others. And even our commitment, we can offer what we have, give generously. Or we can hoard what we have just as tightly as our clenched fists. I posted in a Facebook post this past week that we are not helpless We can make a difference in the life of a young person. We can get to know our neighbors. We can offer a listening ear. And trust me, that will make a difference, at least in the life of one person. Friends, we've witnessed what can happen 
in the life of one person, we are called to make a difference. We are called to work together. We are called to be a different reality in this world. The potential of the body of Christ to do great things in this world is overwhelming, especially when we work together, united together. Like Jesus, we all know that saying goodbye is almost always a sad and challenging experience. However, it doesn't have to paralyze us. Instead, it can free us with the knowledge that we are never, ever alone. We belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to the Father, and both are with us. We never have to journey alone. We are on this journey together. May it be so. Amen. This is the fifth Sunday, and Stony Brook has had a long tradition of being in relationship with United Methodist Children's Home Family Services. And the suggestion is, is that on the fifth Sunday, we each give $5. If that doesn't work for you, you can give 50 or you can give less. But on the fifth Sunday, we need to get together and make a difference, and we can make a practical difference in the life young people who are on the margins, who are hurting. That's who United Methodist Children's Home Family Service helps, and we can help them. The ushers come now to wait upon your receiving morning tithes and offerings.
keep us in the faith that we may not be separated from you and one another, but rather united as one in a common service with diverse but complementary gifts to offer you. We pray this through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing together. Blessed be the tie that binds. And now may the love and grace of God, which surpasses all of our imagination and our understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ. May the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be with us this day and remain with us forever. Amen. <laughs>